Blog Talk Radio. What are you what are you even doing with your life? Do you ever ponder this question? Are you tired of the rat race or the hamster wheel? Tonight on Call Me Crazy, we explore the meaning of life and how to live with purpose. So grab a drink and a snack and settle in for 60 minutes of woo-woo. I honestly believe that there's a lot of power in manifesting our life experience. What you think about, you bring about. It sounds kind of crazy. I'll be real honest. The law of attraction is a law of physics. It works whether you believe it's working or know it's working in your life or not. Oftentimes, and I think that this is what happens in our world a lot, is that people, instead of focusing on what they want in their life and what is going to make them happy in their life, they focus on the lack of what they want. They focus on the fact that they don't have what they want. The law of attraction the law of deliberate creation, the law of allowing. I am that which I am, a changing thing indeed. And while I am that which I am, I am willing to allow all others to be that which they are. There is power in each of us being who we are, sharing our authentic selves, even when we think we're going to get scrutinized, even when we think people might think we're crazy, this is where my hashtag call me crazy came from, because I'm okay with that. This is what I live for, is why I'm a broadcaster, my dreams, my passion. You're sprightly, so you have a great personality. <laughs> Somebody who has a spark is sprightly. That's the law of attraction. How can we love the world into a better place? And that sounds very woo-woo to a lot of folks. And the law of allowing is this idea that my allowing you to be who you are in no way prevents me from being who I am. And the reason that that works is because of the law of attraction. I get that there are going to be people who are like, what in the world are you talking about? (laughs) You have lost your damn mind. And that's totally okay. Good evening. It's Friday night. And this is Call Me Crazy with Jennifer Miracle Best and my co-host, Kristen Casey, and tonight we are going to be talking with Dr. Nikki Tobias of Grounded Vision Coaching and Consulting because we are talking about the subject of law of attraction and your life purpose, kind of living your dream for your life. So, um, Nikki, if you can hear us, could you say hello? Hello, hello, and thanks for having me. Yes, thank you so much for joining us again. For those of you who have been listening for a while, you may have tuned into uh, the show a couple of weeks ago, with, or actually it's probably been more about like a month or so ago, um, when Nikki joined us um, when Kristen was out, and we talked about, what did we talk about? Do you remember? Was it the law of deliberate creation, I think? I think so, yeah. I think so, too. So that was and I called show. in on your maiden voyage because I just couldn't resist the chance to support you all in doing this. <laughs> That's right. You sure did. You sure did. You're one of the, there were a couple of callers that night. It was exciting. Yeah, there were. Awesome. So we're excited to have you on the show again with us tonight. Um, for those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, um, you can find us on Facebook by searching for Call Me Crazy. You can follow us there and we post a lot about our shows and then also kind of things related to the law of attraction and other woo-woo topics. If, you're, if you found us on Blog Talk Radio, thanks for tuning in. Um, you can also follow our profile so that you know when, when our shows are going to be um, live. So um, we started talking about the law of attraction like, I don't know, eight weeks or something ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so tonight um, we, we, well, we started with the law of attraction and we talked, kind of broke that down, right? Mm-hmm. The law of attraction, the law of deliberate creation, the law of allowing, which I'm going to nutshell here in a minute. Um, and then we really kind of dove deep with the law of attraction in certain topics. So the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the law of attraction in relationships. We've talked about the law of attraction in health. We've talked about last week was the law of attraction in money. And this week, we really wanted to talk about the law of attraction and how to use the law of attraction to really live our purpose, which a lot of folks, I think, feel like is not even, a, they feel like that's not even a possibility. Right. Like people think that, you know, we just kind of get up and we go to work and we get a paycheck so we can live in the house that we never get to see because we're constantly at work. Right. Um, And so it's just kind of like this hamster wheel idea. And so I think there's a lot of folks who really long for something more meaningful and something more purposeful. Um, And there's there's ways to do that. And I think uh, especially with your um, expertise, Nikki, you have a a perspective that is going to be very helpful to people who are really you know, desiring to do that. So um, I want to go ahead and just really quickly recap 
the law of attraction for folks who maybe are tuning in for the first time or aren't necessarily really familiar with the law of attraction. And then we will dive into some more information with Nikki that Nikki has to share with us about desire mapping and whatnot. Sound good? Sounds great. <laughs> yes. yes. Sounds good. Okay, good. Uh, all righty. So um, the law of attraction. The basic essence of the law of attraction is that um, energy attracts like energy. So this is the most powerful law in the universe. It's working whether you realize it or believe that it is or not. Um, and the idea is that what we think about, because, because energy attracts like energy, our thoughts can become things, our things become actions, I mean, our, our words can become actions. Um, and so what you think about, you bring about is often what you sometimes hear. Um, and so that is the essence of the law of attraction, is that if you basically, if you focus on something long enough, it's going to become manifest in your life. The second law of the universe is called the law of deliberate creation, um, which utilizes, kind of leverages the power of the law of attraction with the equation of um, ask or desire and believe or expect, and you will receive it. So it's kind of like formula of combining those two things. If you want something or you ask for something and you really believe that it will come to you and you expect it and you start looking for it in your life, it is bound to come into your life at some point. Um, there's also a, a more imbalanced way to attract things in our life. Um, one is when you have a desire that is so, so strong, but maybe you don't necessarily have a lot of belief, right? One of the examples that I always use is about the mother whose child is stuck under the car and she lifts it up because, you know, no one would ever believe probably even her that she could lift the car, but because her child's life is at risk and the, the wanting is so incredible, she's able to lift the car off of the, off of the child. Um, on the flip side of that, we can also manifest things that we don't want, um, but we expect to happen in our lives. And again, another good example of this is illness. So, you know, of course, nobody wants illness. Nobody wants to be diagnosed with any kind of disease. But sometimes we have information that leads us to believe that that's going to happen. Like in my case, I have a father who passed away at 38 of colon cancer. So, of course, I'm told, you know, just watch. It's hereditary, those kinds of things. So I could get caught up in the fear of like, oh, that's just, that's just bound to happen to me. Um, and in that way I could manifest illness in my body. So those are kind of different examples of how we manifest things in our life. And I think it's important to understand all three of those because a lot of times when people are new to the law of attraction or don't understand the law of attraction, how it works, you know, a common like response is, well, I couldn't have attracted that. I didn't want it. But the key thing about the law of attraction is that you attract what you think about whether you want it or not. Cause the universe can't just dis can't distinguish between, positive and negative, like what you want, what you don't want. The universe basically mirrors the energy that you put into the, into the universe. Um, and so the final law of the universe that we talk about is the law of allowing. And the law of allowing is key in manifesting because, for one, you kind of have to allow things to happen. Like if you hang on too tightly for something that you really, really, really want, um, it's kind of the equivalent of focusing on what you don't have. And so then you continue to manifest what you don't have. So you have to kind of allow for it to happen in your life. But the other thing is that um, oftentimes we think we live in a world where everything is scarce, right? Like there's not enough money for everybody. So if I give away money, then there's not going to be any for me and that kind of thing, um, which a lot of times puts us at odds with people, right? Because we think we're competing for the same resources. And so um, the law of allowing is this idea that my allowing you to be you – who you are in no way prevents me from being who I am. And when you fully understand the law of attraction and how we're all responsible for manifesting things in our lives, then it's a lot easier to practice the law of allowing. So that is a kind of very quick <laughs> overview or a run through of um, the law of attraction and kind of how it works in terms of creating in our life. Um, and so tonight we're going to talk with Nikki um, about how people, how do we go about using the law of attraction to manifest like a meaningful, purposeful experience, right? This could be around career, um, but not necessarily. It could just be finding a way to feel really joyful about your life and what that looks, right, looks like. Um, and I think people find joy in lots of different things. So, um, so with that, Nikki, I would love to kind of open up and give you the opportunity to 
introduce desire mapping. Okay, great. Yeah, I love how you entered that because it is about us living a created life, and and I think that that's a new, um, you know, phrase that's out there. But when I work with my clients, that's a lot about what we're talking about. Like, how do you find your purpose and and live a life of your creation rather than reacting to this belief that all these things just happen to you? And yeah. you know, I think that's where people learning that the law of attraction that that you know, it, it's it's hard for some people to believe that they attracted um, maybe a tragic situation or a traumatic situation. But you've talked in prior episodes about this sense of co-creating. And so, you know, we're always co-creating our experience with those people that are around us. And so right. it, it can be true that, um, you know, potentially you feel victimized or you perceive yourself as a victim and then you keep finding yourself in situations where you're being victimized. And so if we can be proactive and intentional about how we create a life, there's sort of less room and energy to attract those negative things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and I learned about – um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and even having a positive perspective, right, like um, like you said, focusing on uh, um, when, you're, when you're more, when you set your intention, you're more focused on creating the things that you want and avoiding the things that you don't want. But even if you're unclear, like if you're not super clear on what it is that you're wanting, even if you can stay in a positive, a place of gratitude or a place that's positive, then you're less likely to create things in your life that are negative. Right, and I I talk with people a lot about getting out of their own way in terms of the how, and that's why I I really like the law of attraction and the desire mapping because you focus first on the the how do you want to feel and what your gratitude is, and then you, in, in some ways, as much as you can, leave it open to the universe, God, spirit, whatever, whatever phraseology fits your belief system to determine Mm -hmm. the how, because what we know is when we focus on, you know, how we want to feel or, or this gratitude piece, often the things that happen to us are better than we could have dreamed them to be. And so I I ask people to, you know, it's, it's like that phrase about if you love something, let it go. We're so busy Mm -hmm. white knuckling our lives, like holding on (laughs) for dear life to, people, relationships, jobs, circumstances, situations, whatever it is. And then because we're holding on so tight, that thing is much more likely to leave us or to be taken away. And if we can mm-hmm. release that that piece, it's that whole ask, believe, receive that you just talked about. Like if we can release the the white knuckling sense of it, because the white knuckling, the holding on for dear life is just a scarcity mentality too, and and yeah. so if we're willing to to release the the control and all that need to hold on to things so tightly much much better things come and and will continue mm-hmm. to come and are on their way mhm absolutely well, let me jump in. So Danielle Laporte wrote an, an initial book called The Firestarter Sessions about um, you know, sort of building businesses around what lights you up and what your fire is. And, you know, and in, in part with a sense that, you know, <laughs> you, you need to feel like there's a fire if you're building a business. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And then mm-hmm, she followed right. up with this book called Desire Mapping. And it's really, really, really related to the law of attraction. But it's much more focused on, you know, the, the very first question that you're asked. She walks you through this whole process in the book, and you can go to workshops for it. I'm a licensed Desire Map facilitator. There are a bunch of us across the country. And so you can go to workshops with one of us leading them, everything from an hour or a few hours to several days. It depends what else is worked in. But the first wow. question that we ask the folks who are going through the process or that you're asked if you go through the process in the book is how do you want to feel in these different uh, areas of your life? Mm -hmm. That sounds easy enough. It sounds easy enough to think about how do I want to feel? What lights me up? What gets me fired up? But what happens is 
we start to think about it, and then we get nervous about actually getting <laughs> what we say we want, and then we stifle our own progress and success toward that very thing, or we feel guilty because we want we have a good life, but we want some aspects of it or all of it to be even better than it currently is. And so, you know, we, we like pull the leash back in because it's like, well, no, you know, I, I, I feel guilty because I already have a really good job. It, like it's too much to expect to get a promotion or to have a great marriage too, or whatever that is. And I'm like, says who? Because that's another scarcity mentality that there isn't enough in the world and that you can't possibly have everything you want because somehow or other that takes it from somewhere, someone or somewhere else. And that's just bogus. Right. And which kind of also is tied a little bit to worthiness, right? Like self-worth, mm-hmm. self-worth which I think a lot of people kind of struggle with. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Well, and like I said, this fear that, like, if I if I really, truly focus in on what lights me up and how I want to feel and creating a life of my dreams, then I'm going to hope. And the more I hope, the greater chance there is of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And so if Absolutely. I reel it in and I only hope a little bit, then I can only be disappointed a little bit. Right. And yes. The truth of it is, and I, and I think we talked about this in the show that I was in, is that all of our feelings, all they are are vibrations in our body. There is no feeling in and of itself going to kill you. There is no feeling in and of itself going to give you a heart attack or a seizure right. or in some way be, um, you know, traumatic or tragic for you. And so if we mm-hmm. can understand that it's just a vibration in our body, then we can, like, let it see the sunshine. We can let it out. I talk with people about mm-hmm. how they treat their feelings like little kids treat monsters under their bed, right? And so because <laughs> we've, like, turned it into this giant thing and we never actually just stuck a flashlight under there to prove that there's nothing there, because we keep hiding it and we keep stuffing it and we keep turning the light and the attention in a different direction, we have allowed it to become this monster that it never was and still isn't. Right, right. That's a great analogy. I've never heard that before. And when we stuff it and we stuff it and we stuff it, it grows and it, it's like it, it gets exacerbated. And then we feel like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Can't let that, you know, skeleton out of the closet. Can't put any light on there. Can't spend any energy in there. And then what happens is we see these folks act in some way, in really extreme behavior. And I tell people all the time, whether it's about themselves or the people that are around them, extreme behavior, in my opinion, is only a reaction to an extreme insecurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if somebody, you know, I have a client who, um, we had a, a tough, <laughs> a tough coaching session about a week ago. Because uh-huh. I would ask him a question or he would ask me a question and we would get in the middle of whatever it was and start getting down to the root of the issue. And then he would just and like talk, 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 talk. He was really not saying a whole lot, but talk, 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 talk in order to avoid getting to what was really going on. Because I think he thought if he just spent the time, if he just whizzed around in his brain and let his mouth like stream of consciousness, we would never get to the root of it. <laughs> And I finally interrupted him, and I said, if you have all the answers, what are we doing here? <laughs> That's great. Nikki, I did that with you here, here and there. Like, you would have to ask me the same question probably six different times, six different ways. Even though in my gut I knew the answer, when you say things out loud, you're really admitting the truth to yourself and to everybody else. And – Sometimes you know the truth, but man, when you say it out loud, it just becomes so much more, mm-hmm. it, it holds so much more weight. Mm-hmm. And you have to hold yourself accountable because when you, like when you say it in your brain, you're like, nah, you can bury it still. Mm-hmm. But when you say it nobody out loud, heard it. nobody heard it. Yes. <laughs> right. but when you say it out loud, it becomes real. Like it puts right. a little bit of weight attached to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we don't want to disappoint ourselves, you know, but at the same time, it's like easier for us to disappoint ourselves than anybody else. 
I just finished teaching sure. a class at the University of Georgia, and we were my class was in these small groups to plan these events. And I had this one group that was just slow, slow, slow to get started out of the gate. And they were hemming and hawing, and nobody wanted to take the, the lead. And, I mean, we were halfway through or more, and they still had no idea what they were event they were going to do, no idea what nonprofit they were going to support. And finally I said, here's the deal, guys. Impress yourselves. What would it take to impress yourself because at the end of the day at the true end of the day whether it's when you go to bed at night or when you when we meet our maker however that's going to play itself out it isn't going to be about who who like the partner we impressed the parent we impressed the stranger we impressed to the boss we impressed there isn't an ounce of that going to mean a hill of beans if we haven't Mm -hmm. impressed ourselves for sure for sure yeah. And so there's a counter. I get I understand the the counterbalance to hope and and disappointment, right? This sense that if I don't hope a lot, then I won't be all that disappointed. But where does that get you? Because yeah. you're not impressing yourself and you're likely not impressing anybody else either. Mhm. You get the, it gets you stuck. And I think that I would offer I mean, I would offer that um you know, cuz I feel like some people might hear that and think, um, you know, about impressing yourself and think that that's not a, uh, what's the word? Religion is coming to my mind. Like it's not a Christ-like thing to do, right? Because you're, you're thinking of yourself first, but I would, I would offer that, you know, that's why our creator, God, again, whatever phraseology works for you created us was to be here and to be our full selves, like to do the amazing things that we came here to do um, and to live our fullest life. And so I think that a lot of times, you know, we've been taught that we're supposed to be, you know, and not that we, not that we shouldn't be, I think we should be servant leaders, you know, people who are helping other people. And at the same time, it shouldn't be at the expense of your own, you know, your own happiness. So there's got to be, you know, there has to be some, um, like, like you said, when it comes to at the end of the day, at the very end of the day, at the end of life, it's about, you know, the life you lived here and what, you know, what did you do in your time here? So I love that. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me of a bunch of things because I think, like, first of all, how many babies never are birthed, right? Like, like if we get just a little science-y, you know, anatomy here, there is a plenty of sex happening and no baby comes to the planet. So in my estimation, <laughs> that means every single one of us are meant to be here right? That God or the universe or spirit or whatever it is blessed each single one of us with our own unique qualities and God, spirit, the universe would not have done that if you were not meant to use them, to find them, to explore them, to use them and to grace the planet with them. And I read the entire Bible at the end of last year. Apparently that's That's a feat. I don't really know. (laughs) But that's right. One of the phrases is love thy neighbor as yourself. Here is what's interesting. Yes. The most interesting thing about that phrase to me, that assumes you love yourself first. Right. That assumes <laughs> you love yourself and it assumes you love yourself first and then you love right. your neighbor. Right. Well, and the other thing I would offer, too, is that oftentimes, like, we, oftentimes people will say God first, family second, career third, right? Like, there's things. But we are all of God. And I think it says that in the Bible, too, about how we're all made in God's image, right? Like, we are all of God. So the act of loving yourself is the act of loving your creator, right? Absolutely. you're of that. So I think that's really important because I think people get wrapped up sometimes and like you were talking about earlier about the guilt and like self-worth and, you know, all of that and knowing that living your absolute fullest, you know, most incredible life is the best way to honor the creator, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, because, again, in my in my sort of heart of hearts in my soul, it's like God gave me gifts that he didn't give you and he gave you gifts he yeah. didn't give me. And the point of that is, That's how the world works the best, the synergy of all of us coming together as our best selves. And here's the thing. When I take really good care of myself and I love myself, I don't have time or energy for hate for anybody else. It's when I Mm -hmm. hate myself that it gets easier to hate everybody else or to take it out at least on everybody else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
you push back a lot too. Mm-hmm. Like when you don't love yourself to the fullest or you're just doing things to increase your health, health like out of obligation, like you're just going to the gym because, oh, I don't like the way my body looks, then it's a, it's a chore. And then you take the act, like you take that chore out on somebody you know, I mean, if you take you take that hardship, the negative energy, yeah, out on somebody else mm-hmm. instead of just putting it towards in improving yourself worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, and it goes back for me about the way Jennifer describes the the art of allowing, and that like allowing you to be you doesn't prevent me from being me, but and mm-hmm. that's about self love and self acceptance. Like I have to be mm-hmm. okay with me so that I can be okay with all of you. Yes. Because it's like we mirror the people around us, you know, back to, to them. And so the, the, the more we care about ourselves, the more people who want to care about us are attracted to our sphere and vice versa. And yes. the more we create boundaries about people who are going to mistreat us. I, I, I've said maybe in this show, but plenty of times, like, I don't have people in my, in my sphere of influence that I have to tolerate. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I might have to tolerate a cashier somewhere. I might have to tolerate other people sort of in the world sometimes, but those Mm -hmm. people are not in my inner circle. Well, and eventually those people won't even eat. Like when we really practice the law of attraction effectively, those people won't even be coming into your experience, right? Like when you're in your energy, when you're emitting uh, you know, your signal is so positively strong, you're not going to have those interactions with the negative cashier at the grocery store, right? Because the, en- the energy you're putting out is only attracting people who are matching your energy. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. So how do we get to this place? Because I've come across so many different people that when I ask them what their purpose is or what their passion is, they don't even know. Yes. So how do we get <laughs> yeah. to this place of I can create everything that I ever wanted all at the same time because I am coming, you know, I'm not so much, but I have people in my life that feel like they can't have everything at the same time, whether it's a money hung up, hang up, it's a time hang up, it's a health hang up, it's there's just not enough like time of the day. So, or, you know, we, we have to have this money to do this and then I can go back to school or, you know, I have to work 80 hours a week in in order to have, you know, enough money to go on vacation. So how do we create the life or the purpose for life all at the same time? Because so many people, and sometimes including myself, feel like I have to do it one step at a time. (laughs) Well, I think there's, two inherent questions there. So one is about clarifying purpose, and that's different Mm -hmm. in my estimation than the other question you're asking about how do I feel really healthy and really wealthy and great in relationships and, 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 and. So Mm -hmm. those are different things. Um, Mm -hmm. It's probably easier to answer the second one first. So for me, the way that you have all of it is that you keep some sort of gratitude journal and that you're, as you're thinking about what you're grateful for, your, your thought process is broad. So that's when you might sort of run through for yourself. What about my health? What about my wealth? What about my relationships? What about my lifestyle? What about my spirituality? What about my career? right? Like that you run through your head, all those different arenas that you're talking about, and you're listing what you're grateful for. But the thing, the, the, the sign, the, the information that the universe has been sending me a lot lately is it isn't just about the gratitude, like thanks for blah, 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 or I'm really grateful for blah, blah, blah. It's the why you're grateful for it and truly in that moment feeling the gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like, right. really, it's a three-step process. So I say, I'm really grateful for the ability to pay all my bills with ease this month. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. why am I grateful for that? Well, I'm grateful because it's peaceful, because 
uh, it's worry-free, right? Like, I, you can go through all the whys. I get to have some fun with the extra money I have, whatever that is. And then to, like, for me, sometimes I put my hand on my heart, sometimes I close my eyes, but there's a really intentional practice of, like, actually feeling it. I don't know about you, but, like, I can read a book, and I can read a whole paragraph, and I finish that paragraph, and, like, I have no idea what I just read. Yes. The same thing happens with our gratitude journal. I can write 10 great sentences and not truly feel a single thing I wrote. Right. You have to slow right. down and do those other parts. Why, 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 why is it, the, like, are you grateful for this thing? And then to truly feel it, breathe into right. it, feel what it feels like to have that thing already. Because your emotion is your signal, and that's what you're emitting. It's the vibration. The yeah, yep. it's the vibration. It's the vibration. Yeah. So if you don't have any, if you're not, if you don't have a strong signal, then you're, it's not going to be effective. Yeah. It's like, it's like your magnet is weak. Yes. Right. And right. and that's right. exactly, that's precisely why the, the, why we talk about the law of attraction, not knowing the difference between positive and negative, because it was never mm-hmm. about the word. It's about the vibration. Right. Absolutely. So I'm Absolutely. doing this 28 day gratitude challenge from the book, the magic on my ground division, Facebook page. And one of the things I, I said to them when we were talking about money is, or, or the list, your gratitude journal every day is, don't talk about how you want debt freedom because the vibration is debt. Yes, yes. You have to talk about wanting financial freedom or wanting abundance or wanting wealth or wanting to feel rich, whatever that means to you, because then right. it's like the vibration of rich is entirely different than the vibration of debt. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. So I'm very interested in, especially for the show, because I think you and I had this conversation and then Kristen and I had this conversation. And now that we're all together, like, I really feel like um, what Kristen talked about, about people not, not even knowing what their purpose is, because most people feel like, like that's not even a possibility because maybe, you know, they have a job, they have some kids, they have a house, you know, like they have all, like they're so busy we are so busy kind of running through the motions of life in order to pay our bills that a lot of folks I feel like don't even necessarily realize that there could be so much more. There is so much more for them. And so, um, you know, how do we, and I think that's where you and I talked about like this desire mapping is, is a great um, concept for people because it really gets at some of that in terms of like how people want to feel in their life and what that means. So, do you want to right, and then it doesn't have that. to take a lot of time. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't have to take a lot of time, and it doesn't cost any money. So you don't have to give up something you have, or feel like right. I'm in the the rat race of life. You know, like I can't yeah. stop that, and you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to do any of that in desire mapping, which is part of what I love. So they talk about these five key areas: there's livelihood and lifestyle, body and wellness, creativity and learning relationships and society, and essence and spirituality. And the book defines all those out. You know, for example, like livelihood and lifestyle is career, money, home, style, possessions, fashion, travel, gifts, sustainability, and resources. But either way, so you take one of them, one area at a time, and you figure out how you want to feel and like what you're grateful for in that area first. So what are you grateful for? Why are you grateful for it? They do actually have you explore what is dissatisfying to you about it. I think, again, so that you can help get clear about, well, so if I know I don't want these things, how do I translate Mm -hmm. that then into clarity about what I do want? And then the process is how do I want to feel? And so they ask you to brainstorm a whole bunch of feeling words. The problem I can tell you that I run into every with everyone is, we have such a small vocabulary of feeling words, most of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we try to choose words that we think are feeling words, but they aren't really. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. we never, again, we can't get to the vibration of what the feeling is if we don't have a word or, or you know, take the time to parse that out some. Right. So, When I work with people, I say, how do you want to feel? And we go through the words, and we talk about whether they're feeling words or not. And then it's like, okay, so now we take those same words to the dictionary to see if they actually mean what we think that they mean and that they actually mean what we're trying to say. And if not, 
then you thesaurus them, right? And like, mm-hmm. what are these other words that are sort of nuanced a little differently, but but have some commonality to the word that you chose? Because we want to get mm-hmm. crystal clear about how it is we want to feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, for an example, and they have lots of, like, wheels out there, like, things shaped like wheels and all sorts of lists out there. But, you know, when you think about even the word, you know, I don't know, mad. Mm -hmm. Mad can turn into frustrated, angry, uh, violent, uh, hateful, hostile, right? Like, and mad in and of itself is really generic. But so it's like, well, let's really dig in to what you mean there. Same with – Joy, you know, joy might be exhilaration. Joy might be excited. Joy might be something about laughter or being lighthearted, right? And so, you know, they they encourage you to get really, really specific about exactly how you want to feel, even if that means dictionarying it and thesaurusing it till you get exactly the nuance that, that is what you want. And then they tell Mm -hmm. you to get down to 10. So once you've brainstormed it, you come up with this whole list, then they want you to get down to 10 feeling words within each of the areas. So you could end up with 50 feeling words since there are five areas. Then you look through the list and and see where there's commonality and overlap, right? So you might have um, some sense of contentment might be in several of the areas, okay? So mm-hmm. then you pull out those ones that are that are the most common, and ultimately you're trying to get down to between three and five feeling words across all five areas. Hmm. So okay. I'm going to put but you two on the spot, but do you have a sense, either of you, of what some of your feeling words might be if you said, I want to feel X, like across my life? Oh, across my life. Mm. Um, I would say secure. Okay. Elated. And compassionate. Okay. Okay. That's good. Uh, and I have no idea if that. It, it, if, if those so, are feeling words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I. I I kind of—I don't want to say like I felt tested, but like I, I wanted to rise to that challenge a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know if like you would be like, oh no 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 no, like go back to the drawing board, Nikki, or if you know I was an A plus student. Are the, yeah, are those are those feeling words? Do those qualify? I would say compassionate is on the edge because you're going to be compassionate, but maybe you want to feel giving or caring. Or something yeah, else exactly. like that. Those are just examples. Okay. So okay. caring, elated, insecure. Yeah. Those were the three you did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jennifer, do you, did any come to your mind? <laughs> yes. Um, free. Is that an emotion? Mm-hmm. Free is a feeling. Free, yeah. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Free is a feeling. Um, joyful and abundant. Is abundant a feeling? Does that count? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, and so here's the thing, right? If you are if you feel pretty good about those words and you can get to three or five quickly, then you may not have to go through this process. But I do think the process right. deepens it and helps you figure out if those are really the most important ones, you know, right. for, for you, you know, uh, again, across all the areas. So, right. you know, I think that then once you do that, then you so those are called your core desired feelings. Those three or five words that you want to generalize across all your areas. So then the questions mm-hmm. come, and and these are really philosophical and really really big, I think. So in order to generate your core desired feelings, what do you what do you want to do, experience, or have? Then there's in order to generate the core desired feelings. Who would I have to be? Hmm. And then in order to generate my core desired feelings, what would I have to believe? Woo! Hmm. I know. Big one. Heavy stuff. 
Um, so what what would you need to do or to have to experience those three feelings? That's the first question. Yeah, what would you right? need to do, experience, or have, right, in order to generate? Because here's the word. Like, so to generate those feelings, this is where we're creating our life, right? The sense that if I want to feel – so for, one of the things for me is fearless. Right? Like, I right. want to feel fearless in relationship, when I'm speaking, when I'm coaching. Fearless is one of my words. And so, mm-hmm. what do I have to do, experience, or have to feel fearless as often as I can? Okay? Right. So, for you, Jen, it might be, um, you know, what do I have to do, experience, or have to feel joyful? Oh, there's so many answers to that, though. Um, Is that a good thing? But that's pretty yeah, great. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Because that. that means lots but of I things think... that bring you joy, which means yeah. you have this, like, whole yeah. buffet of things to choose from. Yes. Okay, good. So, so the idea is not that you're trying to fit, find the thing, right? You're not trying to find the the solution necessarily as much as you're thinking about the various ways in which you could have those things. Right. The way that you just said it, the thing would be the core desired feelings, right? So like, like when you think about a counseling session, so counseling theory is you come in and you're talking about sort of the surface stuff and then you dive down deep into whatever the issue is. And by the end of your session, you have to come back up to the surface, right? It's like scuba diving. You come in, you go down deep, and then by the end of the session, you got to come up to the surface so that you can go back out into the world not raw, right? Like prepared to take on the day. This process is kind of like you're scuba diving, and the core desired feelings are that depth. And so once we've searched our whole soul and we come up with those core desired feelings, now we get to come back out to the surface and live them. Ah, okay, okay. So it's like brainstorming how to live it, sort of. Right. So, yeah, like, so, like I said, for you, for joyful, it's like, what do I want to do, experience, or have to feel joy? And so you might be able to look historically and say, what has brought me joy in the past? That might be a good Mm -hmm. place to start. What Mm -hmm. currently brings me joy? And then Mm -hmm. what other things have I maybe not done that I think would bring me joy? Right. And then the goal is, how do I do more of them? So that I feel joy more often. Right. And then isn't there a piece where you also think about where you kind of help that lead you in terms of making decisions about things you will or won't do, right? Like you try to focus on only doing the things that will bring you joy. Yes, absolutely. Do you want me to do my example now of my friend and her letter of resignation? It might be a good idea for practicality's sake. Sure. I didn't didn't mean to jump ahead, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's okay. So a friend of mine had a really good job that she liked. She'd worked there for a long time. It was in crisis management. She gets a call out of the blue from a completely different sort of industry, and they're recruiting her hard, making a position for her, willing to pay her whatever she wants to make, uh, better hours, better benefits, the whole nine yards. But she's feeling really sort of loyal and kind of tied to the job she's currently in. But the new job is like – really stinking enticing. So Mm -hmm. she calls me and we, I do some coaching with her. She decides that it's an absolutely yes, I'm taking the new job. But now she has that sort of guilt and this hesitancy about how do I write this letter of resignation to these people that I really genuinely care about, about this job that Mm -hmm. I've loved and it's been really good for me for all these years. So I said, how do you want to feel as you write the letter? How do you want to feel when you verbally tell them you're giving your your resignation. And so we went through this list of words, appreciative, strong, confident, um, grateful, right? She made this list of words. So I was like, okay, great. So now we have this framework with which to write the letter. We have the tone of the letter you want to write because we just came up with these feeling words, okay? Right. So then I said, why don't you start telling me what you want to say in the letter and I'll type right? Because just figured that would be an easy way to go. So we get part of the way through and she says, I'm sorry that, and I just put my hands down in my lap. (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, what? What? Like, why do you stop typing? I said, what did you just say? And she said it again. I'm sorry that. And I said, okay. 
I said, are you sorry? Is sorry on this list we just wrote? Right. And um, she said a particular swear word followed by the word no. And we both laughed. And I said, if you're not freaking sorry, then we're not writing sorry in this letter. You're right. not sorry. Right. And so I understand that that isn't this giant life decision, but like that is such a crystal clear example of living in our core desired feelings. She was not sorry one bit, but she thought she felt right. like she needed to say that because they were going to be worse for her leaving. I said, that's their problem. Your job, right. your responsibility is to live your created life. Mm-hmm. So we mm -hmm. finished the letter, yep. and it made her that much bolder to be able then to make the phone call, to give the letter, to say thank you so much for having me, for everything I've learned. This was a great job for all these years, and I'm ready for a new chapter. Right, right. And she could move on clean. That's awesome. Don't you think, too, that writing a letter of that nature would – propel and carry momentum into the next position? Sure, it could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, not, not necessarily into the next position, but into your own life, like into your own sphere. Right. Because she's focusing on those, those ways she wanted to feel and like putting them into, mm -hmm. you know, putting them on paper and then really even having a conversation about it. And it really, yeah, like you're, you're plugging into that emotion. Yeah, and these different levels of it. It's why people talk about how, how beneficial it is to write. Because our phone our, our brains are so schizophrenic, right? Like shiny ball syndrome every day all the time. But when we actually slow down and we write something, now there's focus. Now there's concentration. Now I gotta finish writing this sentence. That sends such a louder vibration than just our brains whizzing. Yeah. Our conversations, when we really talk to somebody about something, and you talked about it before, Jennifer, related to health. If we sit around and talk with everybody about how bad our leg hurts, then mm -hmm. we perpetuate that conversation, like that, the, our leg hurting, among everybody in the conversation. Now we've yeah. brought that vibration to everyone, whether or not they ask for it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shoot, there was something I was just going to say, and now I've forgotten what it was. It was good, too, I feel like. It's okay. It's gone. <laughs> it'll come back. Well, it'll, it'll come, back. come back. But the point is, in answering these three questions, the what do you want to do, experience, or have, who do you have to be, and what do you have to believe, now all of a sudden you create a way of thinking, and you create a way of being, and you create a list of things that you want to do. And so now we've just created the life we want, and then we turn that into three or four goals that we're going to intentionally focus on for the next, you decide, three months, six months, nine months, a right. year. Right. I remember now what I was going to say, and it was good. Yeah, I do. It um, you, when you were talking about the power of writing um, and how, you know, one of the things that they talk about um, both in the Abraham Hicks Law of Attraction book and also the Conversations with God book is that um, our words are creative. Like our thoughts are creative, our words are creative, and our actions are all creative in our life. So especially I feel like, even especially when our words are put on paper, that makes them, I don't know if that's true, but it feels to me like that makes them even more creative because it's like there's a permanence to them. Like they're, they're put down and they're like recorded. Not like they hold more value, but they're, they're, it feels to me like they're more creative because it's not like they're just coming out of your lips and they're gone. Although I don't, I don't think that that's not creative. Like I think that the universe is all around us and everything is energy. But there's something to me about the power of writing a thing. There. Yeah, yeah. They stay there. You can go back and read them again. You can, other people can read them. Like there's, there's like staying power. The same thing with doing like a Facebook Live. Like more people can see sure. it. Yeah, you can yeah, watch yeah. it over yeah. and over again. Yeah. It's about, yeah, the presence of it. It, it makes doesn't it even more powerful, it feels like. I, again, I don't know if that's true. But that's just my, but I like Well, it. the word I like there is generative. Right? Like you're generating more ideas and more vibration and more conversation. Yeah. So, absolutely. Hmm. All righty. So, um, is that, did we get through all three of the, the last steps of that, of that one then, Nikki? 
Yeah, well, I said, yeah, yeah once we, you do the, who do you, what do you need to believe, who do you want to be, what do you have to do, experience, or have, then, you know, like I said, you turn that into goals, like really specific That's with right. timetables. I want to have earned right. X by Y. I want to have made these more friends. I want to strengthen my partnership or marriage, you know. And so you spell that all, all out, and then you decide how you're going to do it. And so the nice thing about this is the folks that are really sort of creative and don't love this sort of linear uh, logistical process loved getting to their core desired feelings and all this other brainstorming for the three questions. But people who are mm -hmm. really linear and really sort of goal-oriented are going to love this part about, so now how do I do it? Right. So right. you might have exactly. to muddle through a part of it, but you're going to get to some part of it too that totally fuels your soul. And now we're creating a life. So when we talked about the person who like is married, feels like they're in a rat race, they work two jobs, they're trying to raise kids, they're married, they don't feel like they have any time for their own wellness, they don't feel like they have any quality time with the people they care about, you know, spending a little bit of time doing this process, now we start manifesting. Maybe you manifest a promotion right. or a new job opportunity comes or, you know, some your partner all of a sudden, it was wanting to pay more attention to you. You have no idea why. Well, because you manifested <laughs> it. Right. Well, and you're putting out a different energy. Yeah. And I think right. you know, that's, that's a great point because it allows people, like you said, it's not like you have to stop doing one thing to do another. Like when you really talk about how do you want to feel and you become more connected with how you are feeling more present about your emotions and recognizing that however you're feeling is attracting more of things that will make you feel that way, it does make it easier for people to implement even if they feel like they have a million things going on. Because during the million things they have going on, they can always check in with themselves and be like, how am I feeling? And if they find themselves feeling stressed and frustrated and, you know, tired and those kinds of things, then they know they're miscreating. And that they've got to find some way to, to feel joyful or to feel whatever the three feelings are that they identify they want to feel. Yeah. And I, and the last piece I would throw in though too is like, how great would it be to do this with your freaking kids or with your partner or yeah. with your best friend or with your mm -hmm. colleagues at work if they'll do it, right? Like that is your quality time. And when we have a better mm -hmm. sense of the, what the people that surround us, the people we love, what they want in their lives, boy, like now the power is exponential because not only can yeah. I be fighting for what I want in my life, I get to help cheerlead and support you in getting what you want in your life. And then none of us have to feel scarce about it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it helps to have an accountability person, right? Because sometimes we can get so caught up in our emotions, especially our negative emotions mm -hmm. that, you know, and feeling sorry for ourselves or feeling, you know, whatever, that it's, it's good to have someone who is a support person to kind of, you know, give you a kick in the pants every once in a while and be like, hey, you know, refocus, help you focus on what you're grateful for. Um, remind you of what you're grateful for, like those types of things. So, yeah. There's Even so just reframing sentences, you know, yeah. just saying, well, wait, that, okay, so they're the, like, like we said earlier, you know, if you say I want debt freedom, that the focus is on the debt, like to have one of your people say, okay, wait, can we reframe that sentence? Right. Or, or like let's reword that to be more in alignment with what you actually want. And yeah. to know that, Absolutely. like, yeah, we're a team in this now. Mhm. Mm mhm. So, what would you say to somebody that says, "Well, I don't want to think like that. I don't want to feel like that. It's not what I believe in. Stop pushing your beliefs on my beliefs." Well, so I know who you're talking about, but I will not say that aloud. And my answer to that would be, "Okay, well, guess what? You don't get to rain on my parade. So, you're welcome." to think and believe whatever serves your soul and I'm going to think and believe what serves my soul. And mm -hmm. maybe just maybe Bye -bye. I start manifesting some things that you cannot argue or mm -hmm. you keep being in denial and that's fine. And you'll live the life you'll live. But it's like, you know, for me and mine, <laughs> for my heart, for my soul, for my sanity, for my wellness, I get to think and believe what I want. Unless mm -hmm. or until it hurts you. And I'm, I don't right. think it does. So you don't right. get to rain on my parade. That whole law of allowing. Yeah. I mean, what you're Absolutely. is exactly 
of allowing. Yeah, you, right. you allowing that person to be where they're at about it, and that person allowing you to be where you're at. Like, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Which is the hardest one for me to practice. <laughs> well, I admit that. So, that's the hardest one for everybody to practice. That's why we're all here trying to figure it out. That's why our world is in the state of craziness that it's in, because nobody is, we're all here trying to learn the law of allowing. Well, yeah, because I'm hearing a lot of, well, I didn't go into that situation thinking that this would right. happen. Right. But, but yet, the person is surrounded by, like, paranoia mm-hmm. or uncertainty or is somebody going to do this or somebody going to do that? Mm-hmm. And all I keep thinking is, well, I know that you might have not thought that today, but we had a conversation about it two weeks ago. So right. maybe you felt that way two weeks ago or well, maybe you had maybe necessarily didn't feel that particular way. But you had negative emotions surrounding that aspect of your life. And it goes back to that co-creating thing. That's how I think of it anyways. Like you didn't you didn't think about it directly, but you had, you know, bad negative juju feelings about it. So you surrounded or aligned yourself. Or the vibration. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, you put that vibration out there, so now it's coming back right. to you. Yeah, it's kind of like how we talked about how, um, you know, it's not that you have to have a specific thought. Like, yeah. we use this example. I don't know if you were able to listen to the show or not, Nikki, but we were talking about how, you know, negative energy is going to attract more things that will cause you to feel the negative energy you're feeling. So. I think the example we use is like if you're traveling, right? And maybe you didn't specifically think that your flight was going to get canceled. Like maybe you didn't have that specific thought, right? Mm-hmm. Or, well, no, that's, that's where I'm getting at. Okay. So, you know, somebody could say, well, I didn't attract that. I didn't want my flight to get canceled. I didn't want to be stuck in the airport, right? Well, maybe you didn't have the conscious thought of, oh, I bet my flight's going to get canceled. But if you were stressed out, frustrated, you know, having all of this negative emotion emitting this negative signal, you're going to attract things that will cause you to continue to feel frustrated, negative, blah, 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 which may manifest itself in the form of your flight being canceled or your luggage being lost or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right, or you just say, I I hate traveling or traveling is never fun for me. Or yes. I hate being on yes. planes or whatever. And then, yeah, all this other stuff comes. But here's the yes. thing I think, yes. too, Kristen, for you to contemplate. Um, I just said this to a client tonight. Uh, most sailboats don't want anchors. We may need to adjust the sails from time to time to make sure we make the most of the wind. But most mm-hmm. people in a sailboat are not looking for an anchor. Mm-hmm. And so if we're living our lives as sailboats, we try not to have anchors in our lives. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Hmm. And I would challenge somebody close to me, I'd say, listen, give me, you know, like 28 days. Let's do this 28-day gratitude challenge together. Mm-hmm. If after 28 mm-hmm. days you don't feel better, feel different, and see what you're manifesting, then you can do whatever you want. But right. I've been helping live your way for years. You live my way for 28 days. Mm-hmm. You tell me life isn't different on the other side of it. <laughs> it is. I'd throw the gauntlet it's, down. It's, I totally would. We've talked a lot about um, about reasons why people are resistant about the law of attraction. And, like, what – like, because it's so hard. I've, I've said this before on shows before that I just – I don't understand, like, what is the harm? Like, what what is what do people get so resistant about? And I – I have a strong belief that part of why some people are so resistant to the law of attraction and the, the concept of the law of attraction is that there's a, while there is power in being able to manifest whatever it is that you want to manifest in your life, there's also some responsibility there. So, you know, if, if, if I acknowledge and understand how energy works and that I have attracted everything that's happened in my entire life, then that means that I had some kind of, you know, role in attracting some things that I didn't love that happened in my life, right? Not consciously, mm-hmm. obviously, but, you know, if you're, if you, so I see, I think that's really hard for people. I, and, and I don't even think it's necessarily conscious for people. I think it's just the sense of like, no, I'm not, that's not mine. I didn't do that. I would, I didn't want that. I wouldn't have created it for myself. And so I think that that's 
when, when people are really, really resistant about it and just really don't want to engage with it, I feel like there's some truth there for people that they're, they're not wanting to necessarily have to deal with the emotions that come with realizing like, oh, maybe, maybe some of those things happened because of, you know, where I was emotionally or choice, different choices I made or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think it could be that. It goes back to the hope piece, right? Like if I actually start to do this and I get clear about what I want and I start hoping for it and then it gets taken, that that feels harder than never having it in the first place. I think that's part of it. And then I think that there are some people that are going to say something along the lines of this is like uh, satanic or witchcraft or whatever else. I'm not asking anybody to, like, kill a bird and put it over a flame and say some ritual something something. That isn't it at all. If, you, if, if somebody could honestly look me in the eyes and tell me that being grateful and having appreciation and getting clear about how I want to feel in the world is satanic, bring it. I would love to hear the argument for that. But see, I also think that that's also a cop out because I really think that that it's easy. If I use something like that, then it's it, it seems like that's a really easy way to dismiss it, right? Because nobody's nobody's supposed to believe in that and you know evil satanic thing, right? So if I just call it that, then I don't even have to even consider continue to like consider it. So I think that that's I feel like that's a cop out too. Like I feel like people. No, I totally agree. But that's why, like I said, for me the logical response would be if gratitude. Knowing how I want to feel and, you know, attempting to, to, to attract to me what's going to help me feel good and have more things to be grateful for. Like, if you think that that's all negative, I, I need to hear that argument because there is not one <laughs> cell in my brain that has that it be in alignment, be I congruent with, like, those two thoughts are incongruent. Yeah, I think it sounds too much like magic to people, though, and that's the part that makes it like that's the part that makes it evil because it's magic. Like, well, I, I mean, this book is called the magic and it's still a 28 day gratitude challenge. <laughs> yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. Oh my goodness. Well, this is the, each their really own in some awesome. respects, but what's that? I, I said to each their own in some respects. It isn't, you know, what do they say? I'm not, I'm not the jackass whisperer. Like I can't, it, it's not my role to have everybody believe what I believe. But uh-huh. I wouldn't have people in my life who poo-pooed Everything. genuine gratitude uh-huh. and love and wanting me to live my best life. Because if there are people in my life fighting against me living my best life, we've got a problem. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So agreed. So much so. Awesome. Well, this has been really, really Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us again tonight and sharing your wisdom and your expertise with us. Um, if you are not following Nikki on uh, Facebook, please look her up. You can find her at Grounded Vision. Just search for Grounded Vision. You'll find her Grounded Vision page. She does a lot of great um, Facebook Lives, like you mentioned before. She's doing this um, gratitude challenge using the book The Magic. And every night around 9 o'clock or so usually is your Facebook uh-huh. Live. Is that right? Yeah, um, and so she'll do a Facebook correct. Live. You, yeah, so you don't even have to read the book. Like she does all the all the all that work for you. You just get the assignment and do the thing and start attracting amazing stuff to you. So definitely, definitely check out um, her Facebook page and connect with Nikki. Um, is there anything else you want to say about any of that, Nikki? I would about say uh, jump on my website grounddivision.net. Sign up for the newsletters, and that I do free coaching discovery calls so if you are interested in any of the sort of energy or or the thought processes that i shared tonight and you want to see if we'd be a good fit um you know go on the website message me on facebook let's set up a free call and and see if we'd be a good fit to work together all right so um coming up next week we're super excited. We're going to tomorrow night, Kristen and I are going to this gong immersion um, galaxy of the heart sound therapy experience. Yeah. Super excited. I'm excited. I've been to one before, but I'm, re- I'm really excited because Kristen's never been to one. And, we, and so I can't wait to see what she thinks. Um, but it's, it's based on the idea that, you know, everything is energy and the frequency of, frequency of the music can heal the body. Um, so it's about an hour and a half hour and a half um, of just soaking in the vibration of the music. So 
So I'm really, really excited, focused on the heart chakra. So we'll be doing that tomorrow night. Um, and then on next week's show, we'll be interviewing Christopher Davis, who is the gongleer, who will be playing the gongs for us. And he's going to talk to us about sound therapy, how it works, um, and all that good stuff. So we're super excited uh, to share that with you next week. And maybe if you're following us on Facebook, I'm thinking if you, like, check in tomorrow night around, I don't know, 6.30, quarter to 7, maybe 7 o'clock, we might try to do a really quick Facebook Live from the event if we can, Ooh, if we can swing that. Yeah. So definitely tune in. Um, if you don't catch us on Facebook, definitely tune in next week at 8.30 for the show about the sound therapy. Um, we should start Facebook Live yeah. on our show. Yeah. We were told... Somebody commented or left us a comment. So we should guys do a Facebook, Facebook Live. It, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to explore that. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thanks so much again, Nikki. Um, with that, we are going to sign off for tonight, and we will be back next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Cool breeze cutting through the